know I love music. And every time I hear something hot, it makes me want to move. It makes me want to have fun. But it's something about this joint right here. This joint right here, it makes me want to... Hello, and thank you for joining us with the Valley of the Black Dolls. I'm Dr. Bonnie Benita, and it's just so happy. I'm happy. I'm excited just because I have... Chris Sane is going to be on the show today to discuss the family unit and the destruction and how we move the needle, how we move past that. I'm just so delighted to have him. I would also like to say, if you'd like to discuss an opinion or an idea for a segment, you can always reach out to me at Dr. Bonnie Benita at Bonnie Benita Worldwide. That's D-R-B-O-N-N-I-E-B-O-N-I-T-A at Bonnie Benita Worldwide. You can also look us up on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and our soon-to-be YouTube channel as well. But have an exciting show for you today, and we're going to try to get Mr. Chris Sane on the line. Let's see if we can get him on the line. Again, you'll be able to reach out to us if you'd like. Okay. Hello. Hey, Chris. Dr. Bonnie Benita, how are you? I am fantastic. And yourself? So far, so good. Thank you so much for allowing us to contact you today and connect with you about the family. How's it going? Oh, the family is well, and thank you for the opportunity. Okay, and then you emailed us about some things you wanted to discuss today, and what would you like to discuss on Valley of the Black Dolls? Uh, well, mentorship. I think last time we talked, we were going to talk about uh, mentorship. Okay, and tell me what that actually means to you. A mentorship is sort of like uh, how I met your awesome husband. I got a business card and I was looking for an awesome individual of like minds as myself. And uh, I come across this young man and uh, sought him out and uh, been all that I thought it would be uh, in terms of mentorship. I think mentoring uh, is very, very important. I think we all should have someone that we look up to and admire and uh, someone that can add a little more spice to your life and help you uh, actually to achieve some level of success that you're seeking. Okay, well, we talked about the breakdown of the black family. How does mentoring fit into that? Well, the uh, black family is very, very important. God created black families and families first. Families is the essence of building anything. And, you know, there's no saying together we stand as a family in prayer and, and divided we fall. And I think that we have taken prayer out of church and we're taking prayer out of home and as a result we see a lot of families just falling by the wayside we see a lot of babies having babies we see a lot of uh, individuals that uh, remove themselves from uh, what i call my three c's being compassionate caring and committed and then i'll throw another c in just as a caveat accountability and when you don't have accountability well, what happens with the family, a breakdown is bound to happen. 
because there is no accountability, there is no compassion, there is little to no caring, and we see what's happening uh, in our community. We see black-on-black crime at an all-time high. We see domestic violence at an all-time high. We see babies having babies at an all-time high. And I think that this uh, comes as a result of we have lost the nucleus of the family uh, uh, togetherness, especially from a holistic perspective. Okay, and how do you think we can solve the ills of those issues? I think it's very, very important. I think we have to start with the process of helping one family at a time to heal, and that family begin to duplicate and replicate you know, that healing process with another family, and we just continue to really identify uh, with each family what are some of the root causes of the breakdown within a particular family so that you can get at the root of the problem as opposed to treating symptoms because if you do not uh, operate in the uh, framework of getting at the root of the problem, the problem will continue to raise its ugly head. And so when you start talking about healing the family, I use that from the standpoint of help, you know, uh, helping people uh, to escape uh, the problems that they're faced with by, again, mentorship. Sometimes you got to hold people by their hands, walk with them through that process because people don't fear change. People fear being changed because that's the unknown. And so when you're walking into the unknown, you really need to have someone who know what that unknown is and able to walk with that individual so that that individual is uh, willing to see what's better on the other side as opposed to staying involved in something that they're comfortable with, but it has no benefits. In fact, it's self-destructive behavior, self-defeating behavior. And that's what we, individuals like myself, like you, we want to try to change uh, the trajectory of, of, of people staying in that space because they don't have to. Exactly. So let me ask you a question. So if you're a matriarch and you want to provide a female and you want to provide care, compassion, the, the issues that you raised and the concerns that you raised, if you want to do that for your family and for your community, what would you say you would need to do those things, to accomplish those things? I think, first of all, we have to spend time, and, and, and we, we, we have lost a lot of that, too, of sitting around the dinner table and really talking as a family. We lost a lot of that cohesiveness that uh, perhaps I was uh, privileged of having sitting around that dinner prayer before we even begin to even reach to get food to eat and having a family discussion and identifying what is important for this particular family. I think every family may be a little bit different and I think each family should really take the time and really identify what is it that is important. And also keep in mind, uh, Dr. Bonnie, that every individual in that house will have different personalities. You know, uh, there were six of us, but none of our personalities 
were the same. And so I think it's imperative that parents understand the characteristics and personality of each child and know how to really uh, impact that child in a positive way. And at the same time, keep an eye out on someone who may be feeling this person is being treated better than this person so that you can recognize it's being perceived wrong and bring some correction to it so that the family all can grow in love, you know, and that's, that's the nucleus, I believe, that we need to start with, you know, to help the family begin to act like a family, and then once that family is able to do that, then that family has a responsibility to reach other families because I always say somebody is always watching. So if someone is watching, they may can learn something from watching you and your family in terms of how you function, how the husband treats a wife, how a wife treats a husband, how the children respect their mother, how the mother respect their children. These are things I think that is so very important that again, we've lost a lot of that, but I think if we begin to uh, concentrate really how do we do that, we have to make a conscientious effort to go into the neighborhood, into our community, much like I did in, in Michigan, much like you're doing here in Georgia and other places, and really begin to get involved at whatever level. In other words, people like us have to meet people where they are. That makes sense, exactly. So, so if someone's just now listening and they want to, if they're having issues within the family and they want to try to resolve some of those issues and they want to come out on top and be positive, and they want to be a positive mentor, a positive role model, what do you think the first step is? I would always say it is not about any of us. First and foremost, it's about Jesus Christ. It's about prayer. It's about casting your cares upon the one who created you because he cares because none of our shoulders was built to carry the pressures and the stresses of this world the society the things that the world is going to bring into us and so for me it's about the starting point must be prayer and from there you know you begin to understand okay prayer changes things and you need to identify specifically what it is you want to change if it's the, the individual that needs to change that individual needs to first and foremost humble themselves so that they can begin to allow the holy spirit to dwell within them and spend some time in prayer, have an appointed time when you want to talk to the Lord, and more importantly, listen. Because he says, hey, I really want to spend some time with you. You just won't take the time for me to spend time with you. I got good things for you, but if I can't get your attention, I can't give it to you. So for me, Dr. Abani, that would be the first starting point for me, and then we go from there. Great. So now, would you have a different approach if the head of the household was male and not female, or would the same approach be the same? 
I think that uh, the, 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 the approach should be the same because first and foremost, uh, the man is responsible for directing the family and there's again we've got so many men don't understand the word of god and how god has placed us you know uh as a headship to the family to guide the family to support the family to be there to love our wife to cherish our wife and uh and then you know it trickles down from that standpoint i think it's imperative that the man understand his role as a man you know uh, a man had work before he had a wife that's right and so the thing is, the man got to work to have the, the wife to come along beside him. You know, in some cases, we live in society now where everything just shifted and reversed itself. So now I think it's important that the man supports the wife as much as a wife would support the man. Okay. You know, and so I think that either or is imperative that they understand the importance of working together uh, in harmony. Oh, good. You have our phone lighting up. That is wonderful. But let me ask you another question, too. What happens yeah. when there's a single family, uh, a single parent household? How would one adapt to those things? Well, single parenting is, is very, very difficult. And sometimes uh, we don't want to ask for help. Even if it's a man that's trying to do it by himself, or if it's a, uh, a woman with many children, maybe two or three, maybe four or five, uh, that's trying to handle everything themselves. What I have found when I see that or have come in contact with that is that uh, there has been so much distrust. In other words, people say one thing and their actions dictate another and so they get to a point to where they close the outside world out and they do the best they can by working two and three jobs or whatever is necessary for them to function as a single parent i think to alleviate that problem or eradicate that problem at least minimize it that uh, you have to be able to recognize it and then come along beside that single mom and, you know, give her the guidance and support, not just so much by what you say in your words, look at what's going on around her. If you look in the refrigerator and you see there's no food, if you can go buy groceries, go buy some groceries and put it in the house and say, God bless you. It's not to make you shame, embarrassed, but it's my job to be able to be a blessing to you. If you see a child that don't have proper clothes, if you can help, help. Because in the long run, that mother saying, I don't know where I was going to get my next meal from. I don't know when I was going to be able to buy my child some clothes, but thank you for being able to be the kind of person that you are. And I think that we have to move into being uh, giving people again, rather than me, myself, and I, the kind of world we didn't kind of slid into. We got to slide back out of that because our families uh, is really hurting as a result of that. I dealt with uh, mothers raising sons all by themselves and, and, and how difficult that is for a mother to try to raise a son 
all by herself. And so I think it's important as what I did, I just leveraged the church uh, with my deacons and begin to ask them, can you commit to a family and go through my training so that you know how to be a support to a mother raising a son and you be the father or mentor to give that boy what he needs so that he can grow up to be a responsible young man. That is amazing. And it sounds like that you're offering an opportunity and acting as a vessel to make sure that a lot of the families get some of the things that they need. But I do have a question for you. What happens when you meet some of the younger generation and they say, well, that's old school. We don't think like that. We don't feel like that. You're just an old person and you don't understand our plight. What would you say to that person? Well, I've met many of those individuals that think that uh, we are out of time, out of sync with where times are today. But uh, what I always remind young people, there's nothing new under the sun, first and foremost. You know, anything that you're getting ready to do or think you're going to be doing, uh, it's already been done. Okay. And, and so the thing is, is that, listen, don't think that where you are in your life and where I am in my life, that you got more insight into life than I do, because that's not possible. That's right. Okay, so let's keep it 100. Sometimes I have to come off of the big words and I have to come all the way down and I have done this. I will pull my pants down and let you see the crack of my behind. If I take a hat and tilt it over to the side and talk their language, because as I said earlier, sometimes you have to meet people where they are. So I can't meet them and deal with them effectively with a suit town because they're not going to receive that. But if I were willing to mirror their behavior, mirror their conversation, get into their world, then they're able to hear me. Now I can introduce them to my world and then support them so they can become better individuals. So, so as a man thinketh, so is he. So let's get your thinking right so we can get your actions right. And so, and I'll give examples. I used to pull game members over and say, listen, tell me what you see on the other side of the street. Because you can't see yourself in the frame. But tell me what you see on the other side of that street where you hang out at. The young man said, the only thing I see sitting here with you, Mr. Sain, is death, jail, or prison. Oh, my God. Can you imagine that that's what they see? That is so sad. That's it. That's it. The thing is, uh, he could see that while he's doing that. He just saw himself as making a quick dollar. He didn't see jail. He didn't see prison. He didn't see death. He only saw that when I told him, you can't see yourself in the frame, son. Well, you know, um, that reminds me... um, Mr. Sane, uh, that reminds me of a conversation I had with a young gentleman, and I think he just got his tax money, and he went to the mall and spent about $2,000 on a suit, I guess you could say it was a suit, a cap, tennis shoes, etc., 
And I asked him, and I probably should not have because he could have possibly been in a gang, but I don't know. I just, I, I took a, a chance. I said, why would you spend $2,000 on clothes? On one, not, not, not a whole bunch of clothes. I'm saying an outfit, the, the cap, the tennis shoes, the socks, the pants, the belt, the shirt, the t-shirt, the underwear. And I, I wanted to know, I said, why wouldn't you just save it for a rainy day? And he said to me, I don't believe in rainy days. I don't know if I'll be around tomorrow, next month, next year, five years from now, 10 years from now. I don't know what my life is going to hold. So we're going to get dressed up. We're going to crack open a bottle of champagne. This is his words at my friend's gravesite tonight. We're all getting dressed to do that. He was about 22, 23. His friend that had uh, passed from gang violence, he was about 20. And I said, oh my God, that is their reality. And how do you move past that when this younger generation feels like that, Mr. Sane? How do you move past that if that is what their reality is? Well, you know, I had a son that uh, wrote a book, you know, in fact, Chris wrote, has written three books, and one of his uh, things is that uh, based upon society and based upon statistics, that he wouldn't see 25 because he would be dead. That you is know? so sad. Now, what, what's your son's name? Is it Chris Sane as well? And what's the name of his book? We'd love to promote yeah. it on the show. Um, I think it's called Dumb Athlete, How My Greatest Fear Became My Greatest Motivator. How my greatest fear became my my greatest motivator. Motivator, yeah. yeah that's that's his, that was his first book. And yeah. the thing is, uh, he had had many interviews with. In terms of even when I was facilitating uh, effective parenting trainings in the course, I picked him up from Michigan State. I brought him with me, and. Uh, some of the parents asked me, Mr. Sane, could we ask your son across? He said, sure. Chris wasn't prepared, but anyway, he got in the middle and they said, well, Mr. Sane, how did you escape crime and violence and not get caught up in prison and, and things like that? He said, well, I live in the inner city, and, but my dad has worked so much in the inner city and I wear my dad's name. And so what I see every day, I can't participate in it because that would be a poor reflection on me as well as my father because I carry his name and I'm not going to mess up what he is doing in terms of trying to help people become better people you know what he's doing now and this parenting you guys all are ordered by the course to be here but that's how I survived it because I made a decision a conscientious decision that I wasn't going to do what I see what's happening in my neighborhood. That is amazing. You, I just wanted to commend you for raising such a wonderful son. That is just amazing. That is amazing. I, you are truly blessed. I am, you know, and I say that all the time because uh, one of the things that, uh, you know, uh, as he went on to get his master's degree at 24, licensed clinician by 25, both of my 
Baby Boy and Chris, they run their own nonprofit uh, organization in Michigan, Grand City Sports, and basically they're doing what they saw their dad doing. They're reaching back and helping at-risk students and giving them grants and scholarships and seeing them and holding them right on through high school and college, you know, and giving them that support and giving turkey giveaways and Christmas, and they're doing the things they saw their father do. And I often tell fathers, listen, it is imperative to make sure that your actions speaks louder than your words because your children see what you do more than they see or understand what it is you're saying. You know, so put it in your actions. That and is... your actions will speak louder than anything that can come out of your mouth. That is amazing. I am just so overwhelmed with such you, your, your, your legacy that you have with your children and what you've done. And I'd like to know whether or not some of our listeners will, Mr. Chris saying, is it possible that we could possibly have them reach out to you if they have some questions, some concerns, some comments, some suggestions on how they could make sure that their children survive and become great or greater than they are today. Is it possible they could reach out to you, Mr. Chris saying? I think that we all are just vessels here. Okay, and I'm sorry, your phone is going in and out. I just did not hear the last statement. I said that we all are vessels, and I would be honored and excited to be able to help whomever reach out to me. Oh, my God. Thank you so much. It's just been a pleasure having you on. And I look, I look just, I, I'm just in awe and I'm just amazed about what you've done in the community and what your children, your legacy that they have always done. And again, thank you so much for joining the show. I really, really appreciate you. Well, thank you for giving me the opportunity. Thank you so much. God bless you. Thank you, sir. Anyway, thank you guys so much for listening to Valley of the Black Dolls. I am just in awe of Mr. Chris Sane. If you need a mentor, someone to help with your legacy, your children, your family. He's a motivational speaker and counselor and Christian counselor. And he has decided to assist us in making sure that the families that come to him with questions, comments, concerns, uh, he'd like to set an example. He'd like to be a role model and a mentor. Just please join us uh, by contacting us at Dr. Bonnie Benita. We will be listening out for you. It's always been a pleasure. And make sure that you understand, your family understand, everybody understand that it is not the chances that we take, but the choices that we make that determines our destiny. And good day.